all books have a season. There are some that seem to fit at any time of the year, no matter what the weather is outside. Agatha Christie and P.G. Woodhouse come to mind. And then there are those that need to be put away in the fall, just like your shorts and your tank tops. In the wintertime, it's time to nestle into a cozy chair with a thick, serious biography or a work of fiction that involves death, misery, and despair. When the sky is iron and the wind pierces every layer of clothing, I like to settle in with something weighty, like Jared Diamond's Guns, Germs, and Steel. Why weren't Native Americans, Africans, and Aboriginal Australians the ones who decimated, subjugated, or exterminated Europeans and Asians? Or maybe a little Dr. Zhivago, reading about high drama and agony set amidst the frozen landscapes of Russia, fits my mood in mid-December. They walked and walked and sang Memory Eternal, and whenever they stopped, the singing seemed to be carried on by their feet, the horses, the gusts of wind. But then winter snow turns to spring showers and spring storms to summer sun. And it's time to put down the serious books. Now, I grew up in California. Many people claim California doesn't have seasons. The winters aren't very extreme there, not enough to draw me to books about germ theory, nuclear physics, or heroines with tuberculosis. But even there, the summers definitely demand summer reading. Imagine for a moment, sitting on a beach, the smell of sunscreen feet digging into warm sand, salt water spray licking your face. Now, is that the time to read War and Peace? Or the history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire? No. Summer means picnics, swimming, rollerblading, gardening, and it calls for a book you can set down at a moment's notice. Something that doesn't require an incredible amount of focus. Something that keeps your mind high and light. Uh, let's go back to that beach for just a moment. Same warm sand, same sun, same salty spray, only now imagine you're reading The Concrete Blonde by Michael Connolly. Then Boss realized it wasn't terror in his eyes, it was something else. Anger? Hate? The hand was coming out from beneath the pillow now. No! Boss fired one shot, his gun kicking up in his two-handed grasp. Or Joanne Harris's Chocolat. You want to get up and wade through the water that's lapping the shore? No problem. Set the book down. Walk away. It won't haunt you and distract you while you're trying to enjoy the day. Summer reading doesn't mean trivial reading, far from it. I don't think a book has to be serious to be taken seriously, though. I like Shakespeare's comedies as much as the tragedies, possibly more. A great summer book should be well-crafted. It can deal with weighty and important issues, and it can certainly make you think, but not too much. Winter is for pecan pie. Summer is for lemon meringue. Winter is for The Godfather. Summer is for Harry Potter movies. Winter is for Bleak House. Summer is for The Pickwick Papers. It's summertime. Don't sit in your living room and think. Grab a good read, stash it in your backpack, and get outside. As some good advice. And listeners, we want you to be a part of our book club. Make up your own rules and give us your titles. In the summertime, I love to read books that I have read and loved before where I don't have to race towards the end, but enjoy the journey. My suggestion for a summer book club includes less-known works of Charles Dickens. My most loved Charles Dickens novel is Little Dorrit. It's got a Madoff-like Ponzi scheme and a dead-on description of a character slipping into Alzheimer's disease. Thanks for that. Join the conversation. Call 8778-MY-TAKE or tweet us with the hashtag TakeawayReads.